0: Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Old Iron Talk podcast. I'm your host, Callie Girton, and today we will be speaking with special guest, Tyler Montgomery. He and his family have been collecting and farming with international tractors and combines for all of his life. So he is going to share his history, what he collects, and then give us a little tour of his stuff as well. But first, per usual, we're going to check in with Miranda. How's everything going, Miranda? Oh, can't complain. How are you, Callie? Not too bad. We do have some exciting news to share with everybody. Miranda finally got let out of jail, and she was allowed to go drive a tractor. So, how was that experience for you? Well, so I was just sitting under a tree, minding my own business, trying to enjoy my lunch, and along come you and (laughs) some other people, and they're like, hey, here's your chance. We're going to teach you how to drive a tractor. So, we found one. and. I, uh, you taught me, mm-hmm. which what to do with it, and I didn't kill it, oh. and didn't wreck, and you didn't kill anyone. So. I didn't kill anyone. Didn't run into anything. Mm-hmm. Might have went a little slow. It was a little slow, but we'll get there. Um, next time though, I think I'll take it up a gear or two. I think so. It was fun. Good. Yeah. Good. I'll you're it. you're a good teacher. Oh, thank you. I'll try. You know, <laughs> one day we'll move you up in the world, and maybe we'll try like a old like 1930 gas tractor. Oh, okay. That might be pushing it. We'll get there. We'll get
1: there. But yes, we're glad that
0: Miranda has started, you know, coming to our world. She finally learned how to drive a tractor, so we're getting somewhere with her. But today we are very excited to talk with Tyler. But first, I got to ask Miranda our tractor joke of the week. Oh boy, here we go. So here we go. Why did the tractor sell medicine? (laughs) I don't know why. Because it was a pharmacist. A pharmacist. A farm assist. A farm <laughs> assist. <laughs> oh, they just keep getting better every they week. Do. They do. They really do. You're just killing it with these jokes. Yep, one of these days I'm just going to have a stand-up comedy bit of all tractor jokes. <sighs> I would buy the first ticket from Front Row. Thank you. I Thank wouldn't you heckle much. you at all. All right, let's get talking with Tyler now.
1: Got All it. right, so we're here
0: with Tyler Montgomery today, and Tyler, I saw you were at Red Power Roundup. How was yep. that?
1: Uh, amazing is the shortest way to describe that. Um, a sea of red tractors is another way to s- describe that. For me, being an international nut, um, it was a lot of fun. I got to take a couple of tractors and a little skid steer as well, and those really drew a lot of attention, and I talked and networked with more people than I could count it. it. It was probably the most fun I've had at a show ever. So, well, that's great. We were at Classic Green. So
0: don't Yeah, be I, I, that, saw some, I saw <laughs> some. I saw
1: some snaps from Classic Green, and I went to Classic Green in 2019 when it was in Grand Island, okay. Nebraska, Yeah. just for the fun of it, and it was a great show. So,
0: it was an awesome show. We really enjoyed it. There was. An extraordinary amount of D's, which that was a feature this year, but that was really cool to see. And the like showgrounds and fairgrounds in Tennessee were awesome, so I'm glad yeah. that we went to. Okay, so you said you're an international then' A little background on how you became so involved in the international world.
1: Uh, well, um, my great grandpa started farming here in uh, Norton County, Kansas, in the late twenties. Um in the late 50s he or early 50s he bought a brand new farmall h was his first brand new tractor um he had been farming for a while horses got ate some sort of weed that made him go crazy i don't know that's the the story i guess and needed a tractor and that's when it kind of all snowballed from there grand that was my great-grandfather my grandfather was an auctioneer and uh a mail carrier and on the lumber yard, kind of a serial entrepreneur kind of person. And so um, there was always just machinery coming in and out of our place. Um, when dad took over the farm from great grandpa uh, in the early seventies, um, he and grandpa each bought half of a 966 international and the H and the 966 are both still on the farm. 966 is in use fairly frequently. Um so, but my dad, uh, besides farming, I guess kind of took over after my grandpa and wasn't an auctioneer necessarily, but would be what some would refer to as a machinery trader or equipment jockey of uh, used machinery. And so, with that, he kind of started a collection of tractors, um, and it just kind of snowballs from there. And uh, I, I guess, don't fall from fall far from the tree as far as that goes, and. When I uh, came home to farm in 2019, I had already had a few smaller tractors around before that. But When I came home to farm, I really um, started picking up the pace on the collecting and the machinery trading thing at the same time. And for me, I'm lucky because the farming and machinery trading, a lot of times can go hand in hand really easy. Well, that's awesome that you
0: guys have kind of continued that down generation to generation. I know sometimes that doesn't always happen,
1: yeah, my family's really interesting because there's a large generation gap between all of us. My my grandpa, my great grandpa passed it down to my dad to so the the farming stuff. So there's a full generation gap in there. Um, the My grandpa was a mail carrier, he married into the farm, so he wasn't really a part of it, but he was a landowner but not so much day to day because he had a full-time job, full-time jobs, I guess. And then my dad's 36 years older than me. So um, in a lot of cases, it's almost like I'm taking over from my grandpa as well at times. Mm-hmm. So I'm very lucky that uh, just, I guess I was my dad's only option as far as that goes. So I can kind of be what I want to be. No, that's
0: great. Okay. You said you came back in 2019. Mm-hmm. What were you doing
1: before you came back to the farm? Before? uh I came home. I went to K State in uh, Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State University. Graduated in 2017 from that uh, with a degree in agri- or biological and agricultural engineering in the machine systems option. It's a big fancy word for I have an ag engineering degree. Um, I always thought I wanted to go to school to design farm machinery. Um, kind of got through college. I wasn't the most model student in the world at times. Um, coming from a small town, going to college was a big transition for me, hard to, sometimes making grades was hard. Um, I was a 4.0 student in high school, was not in college, um, not even close. So um, didn't have the best grades, couldn't really get on with John Deere or Case IH, or anybody like that, like I wanted to. And I actually ended up in Nebraska working for Ranky Irrigation. So I worked in tech support for them for two and a half years, Ah, uh, training people on how to build and wire new electrical center pivot systems, and then I also did a lot of over-the-phone troubleshooting on uh, pivots. So I talked to people mm-hmm. a lot in a day, and I answered a lot of really angry phone calls sometimes. I can
0: imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you guys farm currently on your um,
1: family farm? We farm corn, beans, um, milo, and we do a uh, good bit of hay, and we have cattle as well. We used to be uh, wheat farmers. Um, but around here you'd have to fallow wheat. So you have to take a year off more or less. And the last two years, I mean, when we came into farming in 2019, you needed a crop every year to survive um, just to pay the bills. And you still do, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we would like to do some more fallow stuff, but wheat farm, being a wheat farmer, um, seemed like we were always angry at each other in the middle of July because it was hot, something was broken and, Moods are a lot better without wheat in our rotation, generally. That's fair.
0: (laughs) Okay, in your farming career, what's one of the biggest challenges you have overcome, like you personally?
1: Well, when when I came home to farm in 2019, I actually had to buy into the family farm in the middle of a bank collapse. Um, And I can't even describe what that is like. It's one of the scariest things to have to buy some family ground to make sure things keep progressing. Mm -hmm. It was nothing my dad did wrong. Um, our local bank that dad was tied into at the time um, was tied into a, a sale barn, livestock sale barn. There was check tiding cattle for cattle that didn't exist. And um, the bank was short millions of dollars and they called notes on a lot of farmers around here. And we were unfortunately tied in with it. So dad needed capital to basically make sure our farm stayed together. So I bought uh, a quarter section in 80 my in-laws bought two quarters of ground, um, God bless them, and uh, my mom was a big part of it as well, and we kept it going. And, you know, if, yes, if you don't know, the farming year of 2019 um, was wet, really, really, really wet, and it all started in February and March. We had cattle going down in the mud um, and dying because they just couldn't get back up, um, and it just kept raining, and it was wet and snowy all spring. Couldn't hardly get in the field to get crops in. I think we finished planting corn like June 20th that year. And beans, I want to say like the 7th or 8th of July. It was, it was just a, a long hellish year, unfortunately. Um, got to harvest, um, survived the harvest, I guess. And uh, it started raining and snowing again. Um, none of my crops came out until 2020 of that year. So I had to figure out how to pay land, my land note and my operating notes and stuff like that. The first year of farming without any capital, we were within a week of defaulting on some stuff. And thankfully, we got crops out. And then at that time, uh, the crop markets weren't that good either. And I sold corn for $3.20 to survive. And so now today, you know, coming from that, you just that now it's. A different world I guess 2023 mm-hmm. it, we didn't get any rain last year but at least I had something to market I guess
0: yes that's true okay so I'm got to ask with that story <laughs> that's honestly a remarkable thing for you to do especially when you were fairly young I mean yeah. two years after college to come yeah. back and do that what is your advice to people in the younger generation that maybe have the same dream or want to pursue something similar
1: um start small as best as possible and if you can try to run older machinery um, or if you can borrow machinery or work, or dad and I trade machinery for labor on some things still. I don't own a planter, I own the combines now. Um, so we we do a lot of trading of machinery for labor back and forth mm-hmm. to make sure we can keep things moving. Um, easier said than done at times, but yeah, start small. You know, I only, I don't farm that much ground, but I I guess I cash rent and own my ground and my dad and I farm completely separate from each other but we share machinery like I planted I planted all my dad's acres this year but except for some beans but we you know that's just how it works you know I don't take I don't make any a dime off anything in his farm ground but that's how the world works around here no I think that's
0: some great advice I think definitely in younger generations as well people always Want to look showy, and sometimes that's not the best thing in farming or anything. In yeah,
1: life, so. I like being showy with old stuff mm-hmm. just to prove a point sometimes to my own fault occasionally, but just I'm hard headed occasionally. So that's okay. how it goes. <laughs>
0: that is fair. Okay, I know we, as in old iron garage, mm-hmm. kind of saw you at first on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to start your Instagram page? I know you have a very strong following.
1: What have yeah. you use that page for? Um, you know, when I started, it was just kind of sharing what was going on in the, on the farm. And that was back in like 2015, 2016, yeah. when I was still in college even. Um, we, back then, we were playing with motorcycles and three-wheelers and old pickups a lot back then, too. And so that was a big part of what I was sharing. When I went to work at Ranke, I got to travel the country some,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: quite a bit in the tech support role. So I would take pictures of machinery and stuff I would see out and about, um, and that's kind of what really grew that. And then when I came home to farm, um, we have quite a few tractors and interesting machinery around, and so that just draws a lot of attention. And then you know, the first year of farming needed to make more money, started buying and selling machinery uh, with some money my wife's great my wife's grandmother left us when she passed, and uh, was able to start a business doing that and it's just exploded. Honestly, it's its own nightmare some days.
2: But mm-hmm.
1: it it's wonderful too, because I know people all over and I buy and sell stuff every day. I was in Carney, Nebraska this morning picking up some toys I bought overnight. Okay. So just always something going on.
0: So do you like, I know you had said you kind of started out with machinery, but will mm-hmm. you now buy and sell memorabilia and smaller um, stuff as well? You know, I,
1: I actually really started, it was funny when I started, it was Hubcaps. Okay. Um, I was at an auction in Garden City, Kansas, and they had a whole bunch of rare 50s and 60s Chrysler Plymouth Dodge cars out in the pasture that were abandoned. And all the cars were over here, but all the hubcaps and parts were over here in a separate auction ring. So I was like, it was cool to see the cars sell, but I was buying parts for the cars and putting them on eBay. And I was making $500 for a rare set of hubcaps for a Chrysler Imperial or whatever that someone needed. And it just kind of blew up from there. And that was right as I was getting ready to leave Ranky at the same time. So, and the memorabilia for a while I could house in my house. And then once I had sold enough of that, I could afford to buy a few tractors and stuff like that. And it actually more started with salvage tractors than anything, because it's easy to buy a cheap, rough tractor and tear it down if you're willing to get dirty and make a few dollars that way. kind of how my brain worked on it yeah
0: well that's awesome okay let's get back to your collection so how Mm -hmm. many tractors do you have in your current collection
1: um i don't necessarily want to answer that straight i guess um it's less than 100 um but more than 20. let's go with that um me personally including some salvage tractors is probably like 25 ish But, you know, we have a full set of Farmall Letter Series from A to W-9. No diesels or supers. We have a super MPA, I guess. Um, A couple of few 60 Series internationals, and then just a lot of other stuff sprinkled in. Clear on up to a 5488 International. It's a 1984 front wheel assist. So we've we've got a whole range of stuff. And there's a lot of other brands of stuff, too, Um, not just international. I've got a lot of Gibson tractors, some Alex Chalmers, we like Oliver's, and there's some, there's still quite a few John Deere's around here, too. We do Mm -hmm. farm with some John Deere stuff, so, and then you kind of throw some combines in, too, as well, occasionally, so. I was going to
0: say, I know one of the pictures that you sent us was a Massey Ferguson combine (laughs) with a John Deere head on it. Can you kind of give us the story behind
1: that? Uh, That combine and I. Um go a long way back. That was my cousin's combine, and he farmed with us until he passed in 2017.
2: Okay.
1: And uh, really, I came home because we were short of man in some way. that He was called 80 when he passed, but he was farming with us every day, and that was his Massey 860 combine. And uh, that photo, I think, was 2011 for my FFA SAE. I did uh, a soybean nice. and corn plot mm-hmm. on some irrigated ground. And so when his kids sold his equipment in twenty twenty, what was left of it, um, I we were having some serious problems with a, a John Deere combine that kept going down on us. It was my dad's, and I got the opportunity to buy my cousin's combine at his auction, and I loved that combine because it was cool. It smoked black all the time. I mean, it was just a cool combine, and uh, I think I bought the combine in Cornhead for nine hundred seventy five dollars. Drove it seven miles back to our farm. Um, put a water pump in it and did some other stuff. And actually, when the water pump went out on our John Deere that fall, I finished harvest with that Massey. It was, we had like 80 acres left, but I, I got done with the old Massey that hadn't seen the field since 2012, I think. So that combine and I are really tight. Um, and I my dad was really mad at me the day I bought that combine. I mean, mad. We don't need that junk old combine sort of situation. <laughs> but... It has bailed us out of a tight spot multiple times in the last three years. So, and it's just fun. When I get down to the last quarter of corn, um, I just go get that thing out. and on It's usually on a Sunday and, you know, it's late in the harvest. The so elevators aren't open on Sundays and mm-hmm. we're not in a hurry. So I just, I run it. It's peaceful. It's loud, but it's peaceful because there's not buzzers beeping at me like newer combines. Yeah. And you just go back and forth. And it, at four mile an hour is an eight row corn head out here all day. And I love it. That's
0: awesome. I love that you went and bought your cousin's combine back yeah. too. I'm sure he enjoys that as well.
1: Your dad yeah. may not, but he. I I've it. got a couple pieces of his machinery around here now. I worked pretty hard to find. Uh, he had a 560 that he bought new, and I think it's a 59 model. Um, and he and another local gearhead back then, they were really like the horsepower. They split the exhaust manifold on the tractor, put dual pipes out the top of the hood, put turned the pump up to a 660 specs. Put a heavy-duty TA in it, and he did a lot of terrace building with that tractor. You always knew it was him because there's two big streams of black smoke out in the field wherever he was. And so I had been searching for that tractor for a long time. Didn't really know where it went. Was driving by one day by uh, a widow's homestead uh, there, right, and it wasn't half a mile from one of our fields. And I look over and they drug a tractor out of the weeds, and it was my uncle's or my cousin's tractor. And I, and I just couldn't believe it. So I went and found her, and was like, what do, you, what do you want for that tractor? You know, said, well, it's, you know, it's no an junker. And I don't, I, you've got to realize this tractor is really important. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it was my cousin's tractor, and she was tickled to sell it to me, and I was tickled to have it back. And I'm actually in the process of turning it into an antique tractor puller, oh,
0: that's just, awesome. because
1: that's what he would like. My cousin mm-hmm. was a big big horsepower guy so that just seems like the right thing to do
0: well that's awesome that's a great story and that's great to share too with people when you take it somewhere so it's great that you can preserve the history of that tractor too okay what was the first tractor that you bought
1: um first tractor I bought I believe dad and I were in Byers Colorado and I would have been 10 or 11 Um, at a consignment sale they had a farmall 140 out there it would be an ih 140 actually going by the year but it had a international 1000 single arm loader on it and had a fast hitch on it and was and there was a line of single point fast hitch equipment to go with it and that was one of the very first ones i bought myself and it's still around here we play with it pretty frequently The little single arm loader always draws a lot of attention because people just they didn't make that i'm like yeah, okay. Just it's hard to argue with old men yeah. someday. Yeah.
0: I'm sure that yeah. I'm sure you did that a lot when you yeah. found that out and you're messing with it. Yeah. All right. Now you went to Red Power Roundup. Do you attend <laughs> to other shows throughout the year? Um
1: where I live out here in western Kansas, there aren't a ton of shows to get to. Um I go to the uh old settlers day in Smith Center, Kansas, which is about an hour east of here um last year they featured international harvester so i took a 1468 international that we found last year and uh cub cadet and another little three-wheeler show off um there used to be a tractor show right here in Almina, where i grew up and that was one of the reasons that really got me into the old tractor stuff a lot when i was a kid with some of the some of my mentors but yeah, I do some antique tractor pulling, or just some unsanctioned tractor pulling out here in western Kansas when we get the opportunity. I get to one south of Hayes, Kansas, and another one in Garden City, Kansas. Uh, right now, my pulling tractor is just a seven O six International that the RPMs are turned up a lot, and and it it it's a good tractor, it's competitive, but there aren't there aren't a lot of us, and that's just part of it. And most guys aren't don't have anything big or fancy or turned up a lot so you you can be pretty competitive out here if you have something that just runs a lot of times so do you
0: have any videos of
1: that yeah i do i have a couple videos from the one at Shinshin, Shin south of hayes last year and this year i think it, it, it's it's a that? fun tractor it, it's just a narrow front 706 with big front tires and clamshell fenders with a lot of weight hung off of it and it just it if you ever listen to the video of it, it's turning more RPM than it's supposed to. The yeah. thing about out here is there aren't very many rules. Yeah. I like to tell people that it's kind of like the Wild West when it comes to farming and just <laughs> everything out here. because you, you can just kind of get away with whatever you want.
0: Well, that's not always a bad thing, but it can be yeah. a bad thing. I going to kind of just ask you some general questions too yep. here and there. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your time?
1: Um, I'd probably be at auctions. All the time. I love farm auctions. I have been going to auctions since I was itty, itty bitty. Um, with a gra- my grandpa being an auctioneer and he wasn't even a practicing auctioneer when I was a little kid, but we went with him all the time. And my dad was always taking me to sales back then too when he was buying a lot of used machinery. And so, um, you know, I would be everywhere. Mecum had an auction, I would be everywhere that I mean, if almonds had something really cool, I'd be there. Gerard's in South Dakota. I love bidding on their memorabilia auctions. I, I, I would be at an auction or watching an auction somewhere every day of the week if I could be, because I that is so much fun. I love interacting with different auctioneers and hearing different chants, and just the people is one of my favorite things. I love interacting with the people. You learn more there some days than you do anywhere else.
0: Yes, live auctions are one of my favorite things yeah. too. Like you said, it's just a great event for everybody to get together and kind of yeah. Share. And I have
1: so I have so many auctioneers out here that I'm great friends with that I have dealt with for years, and it's just something I never get tired of going to see them. I always get called out in the crowd because I'm a big six foot four redhead that I can't hide in a crowd, and I'm also bidding generally. So what are you gonna do? Yeah.
0: That's funny. It is always fun because all auctioneers definitely have their own personalities, so it's fun to see how they interact with people, too. Okay, is there a dream show that you know of that you would like to go to someday? Yeah,
1: I would love to go to Half Century of Progress. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a great time of year for me, necessarily, but sometimes you have to make time. And honestly, I've never pulled a plow before, so... Mm -hmm. I, it's just something you don't see around here. Actually, I've done a, I ran a plow once. It was a five bottom rollover behind a 4166 international of my Mm -hmm. friends. And then he traded me the plow and the tractor about two weeks (laughs) later for something else I had. Um, so just kind of funny the way the world works out on that That sort of thing. And then I sold the plow and we kept the tractor, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I've never really plowed very much before and wouldn't even know how to set a plow, but I kind of actually would rather take a combine to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't got the combine I want for that yet, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So that's that's one show I would love to go see.
0: Do you care if we ask what is the combine?
1: Yeah, no. And that's easy. I want a Massey Ferguson 300 diesel combine mm-hmm. with a three row corn head, mostly because it can be it can just drive up a trailer and be legal with mm-hmm. um, without any options, without any issues. Just drive mm-hmm. it on, chain it down and go. And that and I that's just kind of what I'm looking for. Not easy to find in Western Kansas because <laughs> uh most that era most guys were six rows, six row narrow or four row mm-hmm. wide. So that combine, there just aren't any out here. So gotta yes, go east. I can
0: imagine. Well I hope you find them one day. Yeah. And we do enjoy going to half century progress. So yeah. maybe we'll be there when you get there. Yeah. Okay. What did your 15-year-old self think you would be doing now?
1: Um honestly, I thought I'd be designing farm machinery. For somebody like KSIH or Agco. And that's all right. You know, I went to school for four or well, five years, took an extra lap, sort of deal to make all that happen. But the world works out interestingly. And I'm probably a lot happier and in a better mood doing this than I would be being an engineer. I have quite a few friends that are in Agco and KSIH mm-hmm. and John Deere and stuff like that. And some days my life looks pretty good compared yeah. to a desk a desk job or whatever else they're doing. So mm-hmm. even if some of those guys are field test guys too, but that's a hard job. Yes. No, nope, I'd
0: say it worked out well for you so far. So that's great. Okay. Whether you have it yourself or not, what is your favorite tractor?
1: Um my I have three favorite tractors. Um so um the first one is my twelve oh six Wheatland or standard that I found this last January. I'd wanted the twelve oh six Wheatland on big rubber forever. Finally found this one about two years ago and it took a year to get it bought. It's, it's, a, it's a cool tractor. It is so much fun to play with and drive and it Red Power Roundup, it got a lot of attention just because okay. it was the only one there. It really was the only one there and it's all original paint, weathered like it was spent its life in Western Kansas and that's just the way I like it. Um, the other tractor is a 5488 Front Wheel Assist International. It's mine is a 1984 model. Um, and it's, I love it because it's just the end of an era. And I get to spend a lot of hours in that tractor in the spring doing tillage. Um, I put 200, not this year. I, this year I probably put 50 hours on it. But last year doing tillage and everything else, we put 200 hours on that tractor. So I got some serious seat time and I'm pretty comfortable in that tractor. And then the last one is a, a 67706 German diesel um, that we have. Uh, I, my wife and I actually bought it together right after we got married, uh, Mm -hmm. pretty soon. We actually used some of our wedding money to buy that tractor. And it was actually a local tractor to to Norton County its whole life. Um, a neighbor of ours, dad bought it new in 67, at ROW implement in Norton, Kansas. And it had just always been around there. And he has kind of switched to all John Deere equipment and didn't really want it around anymore. And, uh, we went and bought it with cash wedding money. And you know we use it still. I run a New Holland stackliner with it and some other stuff. It's just it's one of those tractors that you never get rid of. And it's a local tractor and it's got a great story with it too.
0: Definitely has a great story. I do really enjoy my. Grandfather in law actually, he was an international dealer, him and his brother, when he was mm-hmm. younger. And he always gives me crap because I grew up on a farm that was all John Deere. Mm-hmm. My grandpa always collected John Deere, puttiny, always ran John Deere, put it. So he always has to give me crap. But I do really love the international, like 1206s, 806, mm-hmm. 706. Yes. I just think those are awesome tracks. Yeah, that's so.
1: my favorite era of farm machinery is the 60s and early mm-hmm. 70s international stuff. So I, I get it. I do. Yeah. There's a lot of that around here. It just keeps multiplying, honestly. Yeah. So, that's awesome, though.
0: Okay. So, do you have a dream tractor or do you already own a dream
1: tractor? Um, my dream tractor was a 5488 front wheel assist international. I got really, really lucky on a Sunday evening in 2020. I was, was mid May and I needed something to pull a baler with, honestly. At the time, and was scrolling through Tractor House, and there's a 5488 front wheel assist for sale in Goodland, Kansas, which is an hour and a half west of here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we loaded up Monday morning and went out there, and I bought it and had it on a trailer and brought it home. And it's got like 14,000 hours on it, it's got a lot of hours, but it had had a repaint that at some point in time has passed, so it looks really good. And I redid the whole cab interior, and it's just a great tractor to drive uh my other dream tractor and it's gonna be hard to get because it's really specific um my neighbor who lives actually lives across the street from me um he worked for my grandpa way back when too when my grandpa had a lumber yard he knew in 1970 got a 1456 gold demo international oh,
2: that's on awesome. big rubber
1: with a cab um and we've been trying to track that tractor down for a while. And that, that's that's kind of the dream right now is to get a hold of that one. Um I'd also kind of like, like a 786 or 38 3088 international. Those aren't so hard to find though. If I you know have the money someday I can go get one of those. But sometimes you gotta you, it's more fun to hunt for something some days. And when you find it, it's pretty rewarding. So I was gonna
0: say, yes, there's definitely a reward once you do find what you're looking for. So that's great okay what is something that you spend time doing
1: no matter what um i will honestly take time out of the day at any point in time to work on tractors or talk to somebody about tractors or and you know one other little thing i have a little daughter and i will honestly just take any time i can to stop and hang out with her because she's only little for so long and you know it's. I'm lucky because my wife works from home for her family business as well, so we get to spend a lot of time together, and just never get tired of it. So well,
0: that's great. That is good. Okay, I know we kind of touched on this with farming, but in general, in like the hobby, how do you see the younger generation getting involved?
1: That's kind of there's two there's two minds of thinking to that. Um, there's a lot of young there there are young guys involved in the hobby. It, they're few and far between out here. I have some great friends in Western Kansas and Nebraska that are a part of the hobby. And it, some days it's hard to have friends doing this. And the hardest part is sometimes getting the old guys to like to be a part of it. Um, the hobby is not dying at all. Um, I, there's a lot of us 20, 30, 40, even 50 year old year olds that are really getting busy in it nowadays. So I don't see that dying, but It's, there's just less of us. Uh, And my biggest thing is out here, a lot of my mentors have died. And so it's, that's, that's been hard for that sort of thing too. just, you got to kind of just keep going. And you, you, and sometimes you got to deal with the hard-headed old man and make sure that they know you're going to be around and not go anywhere. You just have to be assertive. And sometimes they're mean, but they want you to be mean back. And a lot of people don't quite realize that, I guess. They get their feelings hurt and give up. Um, I don't know. I guess that's probably not the right perspective, but it's true.
0: Sometimes I feel like, though, like you said, I think they want you to almost prove yourself. (laughs) And yeah, if you can't stand up to them, then they're not going to feel like you're worth taking the time. Mm. In addition to that, do you see a shift in the younger generation as far as which era of tractors they get involved with?
1: There are some pretty guys that are really into the letter series farmalls and the two-cylinder John Deere's like that they are my age. It seems like there's more of us that are really into the muscle tractor era, new-gen John Deere's and the 06, 56, and 66 series internationals. Those are really caught... There's a lot of us doing it. You know, but there's nothing wrong with starting with a farmall letter series or a two-cylinder at all. You know, that's kind of what I, you know, grew up with working on. You know, it, you've got to start with something. You
2: do, and yeah. And you
1: can build from... A, build from nothing if need be there's plenty of junk old tractors out there to work on trust me i turn down more letter series farmalls in a day because i just don't want to deal with them because i could have hundreds of them yeah that's
2: fair
0: that is fair but i do agree with you i feel like i see more of the younger generations getting more involved in the muscle era Mm -hmm. than anything else Okay, so I know in addition to tractors, you also obviously, if we look behind you, you collect signs. Do yeah. you also do toys, memorabilia? What all do you have?
1: I'll pretty much touch anything ag uh, related if possible. I have quite a few toys, and I buy and sell a lot of toys in the winter months just because farming slowed down. I can't necessarily do that when there's a foot of snow on the ground some years. So we do, I have a pretty good collection of toys, mostly international, but a lot of other stuff memorabilia and literature i've quite a bit of that and then as you can see there's a lot of signs behind you my main focus as far as memorabilia is stuff i keep is international and anything local advertising if that makes sense northwest kansas western kansas dealers and nebraska because i'm eight miles from nebraska so we cross the state line a lot i work with a lot of dealers there so i collect quite a bit of that and then irrigation equipment um signs as well and memorabilia just because i worked for Ranky for a couple years out of college and i grew up laying out a lot of irrigation pipe for flood irrigation and corn and beans so it's just kind of one of those things that's just stuck in my brain i guess
0: mm-hmm. is there anything you find easier to find when it comes to collecting those things like are toys normally something that's more readily available yeah
1: or- i toy the internet's made that a lot better than it used to be i can always go to garage or almonds or somewhere and bid on a toy auction at least once a week generally so toys are pretty accessible generally uh i go to a lot of auctions, and when it's that time of year for that there's just not because there's always another old man unfortunately has passed away and they are selling his collection so you just go buy some more toys and put them on my website and resell them and keep what I want. You know That's a nice thing about being a reseller. Sometimes I can make the toys I keep stay around for free, if that makes sense, and then mm-hmm. sell off other pieces that I have acquired. So no,
0: that's a great way to do it too. It's
1: good collateral occasionally too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. My banker is a big toy collector as well. And he, he likes international harvester toys. So not there that I bribe go. my banker with fancy international harvester <laughs> toys, but. It's it's nice to have a connection there, and it's fun to walk into his office, and there's just shelves of toys that are stuffed, and i probably supplied 25 to 50% of them, depending on the rotating stock in there, okay. so it's just kind of a funny world.
0: It is. It is a small world. It is really crazy. Okay. Is there anything, like, you specifically, memorabilia or to- toy-wise, are, like, really looking for and you really want to add it to your collection?
1: Um... You you know no not really it's just kind of whatever strikes my fancy some days um, I've got a lot of really cool signs that I've been lucky enough to buy over the last three years predominantly international but uh, I my biggest thing is I would like to find some of the local dealership signs that's that's the ones that are tough and who knows if they even exist but the guy can try. I guess, and so we're we're always searching for those. I know where some of the John Deere dealership signs are from the local dealers, but I don't know where the international ones are, and we've been trying to get a hold of those the last few years. And someday, maybe. No, that's
0: awesome. I really think it's cool when people try to collect things that things that are local to them.
1: Yeah, okay. we we were lucky enough to have some good dealers back in the day, and we worked with them. So that that's just the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. we like, I guess.
0: No, that's awesome. All right, let's do a little tour. Can
1: you show okay. us some of the stuff you got? Yeah. Okay, so, like, behind me is a big wall of stuff. Uh, there's a sign up there from Red Cloud, Nebraska, I think, is the dealership there, Ely's um, Roll up international paint of red, like, corrugated cardboard some stuff like that. That big Ford sign actually came from my uh, mentor's okay. collection. Um, I was lucky enough when he passed away his kids let me come pick out a few things and I've actually got a McCormick gearing sign from his stuff as well. He was a big farm all letter series guy. He was really active in the Kansas IH Collectors Association. So he, it's just fun to have that sort of sort of stuff. I am a big thermometer guy, probably cuz I can put a lot of them on a wall. if that make mm-hmm. sense? So I have a lot of international thermometers from Kansas and Nebraska and other places. I have one from Tuskegee Tuskegee, Alabama as well that i think is really cool just because the tuskegee airmen sort of thing Mm -hmm. my dad had an old toolbox that was full of bumper stickers from oh i don't know back when but there's a lot of catchy ones up there uh i'll stop for farm sales um without farmers belly aches become real and some other some other good ones if you eat you're involved in agriculture keep screwing the farmer and you won't get bread Um, And I actually came in with an 856 International a while back that had a bunch of bumper stickers like that stuck to it. And I actually swapped the sheet metal off that tractor with another one so I could keep the sheet metal just
2: because
1: why let it go? Um, This wall over here, uh, that Firestone sign was actually in uh, my maternal grandfather's and great grandfather's shed for years hanging up in the rafters, and when the shed came down, um, I just kind of made sure it didn't go missing sort of situation. Um, Big Oliver up there. uh, There's some really cool Heston uh, advertising prints there. Heston stuff isn't that desirable, necessarily, but it had international tractors and uh, stuff hooked onto it, so I thought that was really cool. Um, cool. I have... This is more, kind of just more thermometers, and that door is steel, so I have all sorts of magnets and stuff to it from all sorts of dealerships. Um, How old are
0: these thermometers? Can, do you uh, most of them and are them? from the
1: 50s and 60s, okay. generally, sometimes 40s. Uh, those mirrors there are from – that one's from Oxford, Nebraska, which is right across the state line, if you can see it. But the one with the dog on it and one other one next to it are both from Vansura Implement, which were our John Deere dealers in Norton, Kansas, in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So that one's kind of cool. I have a lot of oil cans, international oil cans and stuff as well. A lot of the, about fifty percent of those that are up there came out of an old building at our farm, so just kind of cleared them up and cleaned them and put them on display. Kind of a
2: That's funny awesome. deal,
1: but mm-hmm. the I love oil cans for some reason. They're just Way different. That John Deere one there's pretty cool from Pretty Prairie, Kansas. Down that's on the southern border of Kansas. Pick that up from my friends at Brown Auction in Greensburg on their winter or spring fling or winter auction last year, I think. Um, this IH Therm IH neon clock, kind of cool. Um, that McCormick Deering service one up there above the door, if I can get my aim right, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um came from my, one of my mentors' collection as well. Those signs so are so cool. It's porcelain. It's not perfect, but I didn't really care. Just to have something from him was awesome. And then the sign above it is from Spearville, Kansas, which is down near Dodge City. So it's kind of a local dealership. My wife's from the Dodge City area, so just kind of cool. Um, big I-8 sign there on the wall. A friend of mine in Alamo, Nebraska had that uh, The uptime service, plastic, blow-molded signs. There's quite a few of those out there. There was a lot of them for sale at Red Power Roundup. Like, three or four guys had those for sale. Well, it was funny, and the prices on them were hilarious, and I'm like, oh, I bought mine at a toy auction for $90, like, five <laughs> years ago. That's great. Yeah. Um, The banner up there in the corner with a 706 grill on it, that's a pretty hard-to-find banner in itself. The, the banners and just, like, paper stuff didn't survive that era very well. Yes. So, we I've Kind of try to get as much of that as possible, and I don't oh, think so any, It's in good
0: condition. Too. Yeah, and it
1: really is. I paid pretty well for that, but I kind of wanted it too.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, no garage really. If you're an IH guy, is complete without an International Harvester beer fridge. Really, this is true. So, and then a great talk. Sarah Tomac had a great talk at Red Power Roundup about the history of the IH fridges and stuff. So, just funny the way that sort of works. I have uh-huh. a I have a collection of John Deere chainsaws as well. Um, just for fun. I I have anything from the smallest John Deere chainsaw up to the big two-cylinder John Deere chainsaw that's really... There aren't very many in existence, but those are are really cool. Do they run? Um, Most of them, actually, I have had them running and then drain the gas and put them on the shelf. The only one that I've never been able to get run is actually the two-cylinder, unfortunately, because there's a... The ignition coils go bad on them, and the parts are not available to fix them. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of do whatever you got to do i have a mud flap thing too i guess kansas wheat country mud flaps or where used to be a big deal around here in the nebraska ones as well And i probably have four or five sets of those kansas wheat country ones that come in on pickups or whatever and you just kind of buy them just yeah. for whatever um i don't know if you can see it. the sign in the windows from dighton kansas which is another dealer about two hours south of here um there's a big white sign up. I'll shut my garage door. Actually, there's some signs actually above my garage door, which okay. might be irresponsible, but it works. I like all the decal signs
0: that you have too. Those are pretty cool yeah. as
1: well. There's a big, big pioneer okay. sign right there. That a friend of mine and God, no, and got my Wichita hat. Big, big decal sign. Is that what is, is
0: that decal sign wooden or what wood is that?
1: Yeah, that's a wooden sign. Okay. My wife found that for me in an antique store in council grove kansas i think okay. and she, she knows what i like so we we got a lot of that stuff that way but i international tools hydraulic headquarters there um a farm all regular that was a mentor mind structure and that's the storyboard of when they restored it kind of cool uh decal chicks just kind of different that one came from a Wilkie's Matthews auction in uh, Wisconsin a couple years ago. I was up there buying some stuff, and that was kind of just something I came home with. It, seemed, it was about the most reasonable thing I could buy that day that wasn't $20,000.
2: <laughs> that was some
1: really, really high-caliber stuff, and I didn't have the money at the time to buy that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, I got a massive Ferguson uh, snowmobile. Ski with snowmobile right there. I've kind of been tinkering with. Um, those are really hard to find, Massey snowmobiles in general. That one was actually sold new at Radkey Implement in Plainville, Kansas, about 45 miles from here, which was kind of our local Massey dealer when the Massey dealer in my hometown closed. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's, I guess, actually up above my garage door, there's a rendering company sign. It's kind of funny uh crust Buster and sunflower are both kansas manufacturing companies so gotta love that stuff and then the big old mm-hmm. ncd plus sold here sign just got a lot of signs um the toy collection yeah. is housed in the basement of my house
2: mm-hmm. and
1: sometimes some of it's in like a ring around my living room and it's a little harder to show yeah. that sort of stuff off so. no that's
0: awesome i'd say you're off to a good start with your collection, yeah for, for a sure. guy that hasn't
1: been doing it very long i've Afforded a lot of stuff away, yes. but what's nice when you can resell some stuff. Um, my favorite tractor, I and it got unloaded at my house after Red Power Roundup,
0: mm-hmm. kind of
1: oddly enough, just because that's the way things work. But that's my '66 1206 Wheatland. That's um, awesome. I found it in a friend of mine had it or found it in a field uh, near Ulysses, Kansas, in the south, very sw- southwest corner of Colorado or Kansas, almost in Colorado. Uh, okay. two. Well, he'd known about it about five years, and he finally told me about it about two years ago. And it took a while to get it nailed down, but we got it figured out. Funny story was, I actually went down there right before the first of year to buy this tractor, and he changed his mind. He decided he was going to keep it. Oh no! And I had a pile of cash on me, just whatever. So, but didn't he wouldn't let it go. So I didn't want to come home empty, because that's like a sin to me. Um, when you're buying and selling machinery, to come home empty but another friend of mine south of garden city kansas had that uh 81 dodge pickup and uh i was looking it over it's pretty solid low miles no rust tip you know western kansas high quality we we're lucky we don't rust things out around here and it was sold new in norton kansas 15 miles west of me wow so and for me and that's the closest Dodge dealer to us ever and we bought a lot of pickups there back in the day so it didn't take very long for him to convince me to buy i bet not we'll we'll walk over here yeah the 1206 it's original paint is you know i guess um spent a lot of time getting weathered by the western kansas sun but it ran and drove on the trailer when i picked it up but the turbo was out of it so i had to put a turbo in it um it's got big 24 and a half 32 rear tires on it um kind of your typical western kansas wheatland um, I find a lot of 806s that kind of look like this. Not so many 1206s. Mm-hmm. Um, no three-point. Does have dual PTO. Um, but it's a fun, big, and it got gets a lot of attention just because of how big it is. So and do you like to, we
0: have a 1468
1: V8, too, but I prefer this one. Do you like keeping oh, it original, right? or
0: do you restore things?
1: Um, I am a big, original guy. I, I'm not a shit Factor person because i never want to use them is my one of my big faults i guess um so my 1468 v8 that we have and i can't show it here because it's at the farm but a friend of mine two years ago now we're friends called me and wanted to sell me a 1468 he had found uh or bought and it, he'd had it for a year or two at that point in time but didn't have time to get to it and he had bought it off the original owner which was a woman and it had pretty much been her personal tractor. It had a cab on it, but it had been shedded its whole life. It had a four thousand, not as four thousand one hundred ninety nine hours on it. I think think or something like that. Pretty low hour tractor. One of the nicest old International tractors I have ever seen. Uh, the paint is immaculate on it. I shared some photos of it with you guys. It's just yep. a great, great old tractor, and it gets it red power roundup. Are looking at that thing? Because <laughs> I I mean. As far as nice, there's nicer original paint tractors out there, but 1468s, number one, hard to find. Hard to find them original. Uh, most guys dolled them up and put exhaust pipes and stuff like that on them. This one has the original mufflers on it still, original seat, original back tires. It's just a cool, cool tractor, and it's just kind of preserved well. I cleaned yeah. it and detailed it and got it to shine with the original paint, but it's not, you know, it's just a good old original tractor. Then I, my obsession that kind of got me through college, we used to, to kind of buy and sell three wheelers and motorcycles and stuff um, uh, for beer money. We we'd buy and sell them <laughs> and just so we could go to the bars. Yeah. And so I have, cl- cl- I've had every model of Honda three wheeler over the years. I've had every size and model I've ever made. Uh, but these are, these two little red Hondas I have right there are two that I kept around. Um, both of them, I believe, are from the original owners. Uh, both very, very nice, well-kept by old men, and just very lucky to have found something that nice and that good of a specimen. I'm a yeah. big, I'm, I'm pretty picky for keeping things original, I guess, to, to a fault some days. Yes. I just so, really, when I go to the tractor show and see a restored tractor that well, the decals aren't on right, or the paint's the wrong shade, or something like that. I critique a little too much, I guess. So, I get that, though. I
0: mean, it's great to preserve the actual history yeah. behind these. And, yeah, you
1: know. and it's interesting. Now that I've had a 1468 that is, is about as good as it comes for original stuff, for me, it's hard to look at other tractors some days. Because yeah. you can see every detail that's wrong. Because um, that 1468, just everything's so original on it. It's it's a good specimen for if you're working on something else to compare to, if that makes any sense.
0: Yes. I was just gonna ask you to share with everybody where can they find you or find what you're selling.
1: Yeah, my website is territorialtrading.com. Um that's where all my stuff it's for that's where most of the memorabilia and toys are at, I guess. Occasionally there's some tractors up there. Tractors come and go around here pretty fast some days, so I don't always get them up there. I had a sixty thirty. I sold for a friend of mine last week for two weeks ago, and is only for sale for four hours. So wow. it when things are good, they sell, and that's just how it is. I don't have time to waste a lot of time pricing things too high. It's sometimes it's nice to be realistic and move things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um on my social media stuff, uh, my handle is T Monty i h on pretty much everything, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Facebook is just Tyler Montgomery um and that's pretty much where you can find me i'm pretty much on i think i've got about every social media lockdown with my team on dih at this point in time so well awesome
0: well we appreciate you coming on today yep. and i enjoyed having you show us everything and if you ever want to do it again maybe we could walk through your tractor. yeah for well. sure if i
1: ever get cell phone service at our farm well we that's can,
0: fair that's a problem that's, <laughs> sometimes that's a problem
1: when you live in the middle of nowhere yes. you just never know
0: Nope, you don't. Okay,
1: well, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yep, thank you. You can find all the source material for our episodes on our website, oldirongarage.com. We encourage everyone to join us on Old Iron Garage and connect with other collectors. Again, we would like to thank Tyler for joining us today. We really enjoyed looking at his collection and learning about his family ties to International. Don't forget to give him a follow on social media. You can also submit collection photos to info at oldirongarage.com to be featured at the end of our episodes. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or would like to join us on a future episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.